0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hi, this is Tony Cotty and you're listening to the We Are West End Podcast.
1: You are listening to the We Are West Ham podcast with me, Will Pugh and James Jones. And we start this week's podcast with the news that I'm sure many of you will have heard by now. That unfortunately, uh, Nikki Caton, Isla Caton's mum, who I'm sure we all know, uh, we certainly all know Isla, uh, has announced this week or in between since the last time we did a show, uh, that unfortunately the doctors have said there's no more... They can do for Isla's cancer uh, and they will be stopping treatment and that she hasn't got too long left on the planet with the rest of us down here. Extremely sad news. So we just want to, as everyone else has done, or thousands of you West Ham fans and football fans from around the country have done so far, send our very best wishes, our love, our thoughts, our prayers. All our support and uh, just hope that Isla and her family get as much uh, strength and comfort as they possibly can do in the next couple of weeks, uh, days, months, whatever it's likely to be, however long beautiful little Isla's got left of us, uh, but just, uh, yeah, we wanted to start the show with that, of course, and pay tribute to them. They're an absolute inspiration, Isla in particular, of course. Uh, been fighting for such a long time now, so many years. Nikki as well, trying to raise as much money as she could. Uh we've been a, a tiny little bit on this show, managed to donate um a couple of grand last year. We're working our way uh towards it. I think we're just over a thousand pounds for Isla's fight through our Betway charity bets this year as well. Uh thousands of fans who've who've contributed and and had their hearts um sort of taken along Uh, on the ride and and fully got behind the cause. So to hear that news from Nikki this week was obviously heartbreaking. And as I say, what's an unimaginably difficult time for the family, myself and James, uh, everyone who is and has been involved in the We Are West Ham podcast before just sends our very, very, very best uh, to Isla and all of her family um, and hope that the, the next few weeks they get some, some lasting memories and some moments that they will, Remember forever, um, and that, yeah, they they get the strength and the comfort they need from from wherever they need it. So uh, yeah, just wanted to start with that and a reminder as well that uh, Nikki, the Just Giving page for Isla is still going. Uh, they're looking to raise uh, as much money as they can, as I've already mentioned, to to make those last uh, moments or the last days, weeks or months, whatever it turns out to be, um, the Isla's got left with us uh, as magical and memorable as they can. So if you are able to donate anything, I'm sure lots of you have already. Uh, if you haven't and just haven't got round to it, hopefully this is a, a bit of a reminder and perhaps you could chip in a few quid, whatever you can, um, for what is and has been a, a fantastic cause. Um, yeah, so that, that's, I couldn't start the show with anything else tonight. So we, we send our love to to Isla and Nikki well james i uh you joined me tonight incredibly sad news in the week um or sort of, uh, you know at the beginning of this week we're tuesday night we're speaking at the moment um yeah it's absolutely heart-wrenching stuff we've we've been sort of you know keeping as as so many fans have um we've been keeping up to date with uh, with Isla's situation and with with all the updates over the past couple of years, particularly so since we linked up with Betway for the charity bets nearly 18 months ago now, at the beginning of last season, that was. Um, and that Isla's fight, when we were thinking of the three charities we were going to give some money to, Jonesy, Isla's fight was by far and away the first one on the list, wasn't it? Um, you know, it's, it's a cause that means so much to so many. Um, and yeah, just sad news at the weekend that it seems like there's uh, there's no more that the the doctors can can do for Isla in her in her long fight against neuroblastoma.
0: Yeah, it's such tragic news, and um, I was only saying to to Lucy yesterday. I was like, because we've been so West Ham fans and neutral fans as well. we Mustn't forget that you know rival fans have also got behind the cause and and helped raise money through different events and different fundraising and and stuff like that. But it feels like we know her personally because we've been so sort of kept up to date with, with her journey and sort of been behind her all the way and behind her family all the way. So when the news broke yesterday, it it was just so tragic that, you know, there's nothing more that, that can be done and, um, I, you know, I just want to send my thoughts and, and my love to Tyler and, and and her family um, on behalf of, of my family as well. Because, you know, I mean, it, it cut deep, a lot deeper given, I mean, my, my son turned two recently and I can't even imagine what they must be going through um, and, and listening to... The video yesterday and the update and just thinking you know i couldn't i, I couldn't even begin to imagine what what they must be feeling and, and how heartbreaking it must be i mean it's heartbreaking right, just hearing about it and and sort of because we've been on the journey as well in 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 one way shape or form and um yeah it's um it's so tragic and uh, you, as you quite rightly said you know if we can somehow raise enough money so that you know a final Days, weeks, months, whatever it is. Hopefully, it's 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 long, a long time. Um, as long as it can be, to make it as memorable as possible for Isla and her family. Then I think that's all that really matters. And um, yeah, I get a bit choked up talking about it. To be honest, because it's um, yeah, it's tragic. Horrible. Yeah, absolutely horrible,
1: mate. Um, you know, it'll be ringing true with with so many people, and they've been. All over the place. Uh, been to America, Spain, Barcelona. They were in there for, for a while, looking to get treatment and just continually fighting. And uh, you know, one, one thing I was I was talking about it to someone earlier on, uh, James. And obviously, once once a little bit of time uh, passes, uh, it's just one of those things where Isla has and will leave a legacy that you know, the way far, far, far greater than any of us are ever likely to on our however many years we get on the planet. Isla so cruelly is, uh, has seemed to have been given a lot less um, than many of us are lucky enough to enjoy. Uh, and yeah, it's one thing that she will be for remember for such a long time. Uh, and what's important, you know, it, it might, obviously the news was was sad, but the next few uh, the next short period of time, certainly in the short term, uh, Nikki's looking to to make sure those days are as enriched and fulfilling for Isla as they possibly can. Uh, I think she's been given assurances by uh, the doctors as well that, that it'll be a relatively, you know, suffering-free um, you know, when 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 the end does come, uh, which is again that we all hope and pray that for her as well. Uh, so, yeah, just been, they've been absolutely inspiring the battle that they've been on so far. Uh, it seems that the battle uh, is done for now. And it's just, um, yeah, just make, about making the next period of time as comfortable and as enjoyable for Isla as possible, which is certainly a cause that we can all get behind and we really hope comes to to fruition for, for Nikki and the rest of their family. So, uh, yeah, love and support from the We Are West Ham podcast. James, uh, as always, with. Things like this, uh, when tragedies happen, be it personal, uh, public ones, whatever it is, life is brought into sharp perspective, is it not? Uh, particularly football, as well. Do um, you know something feels sometimes cruel, doesn't it? How life does just go on. Uh, I'm sure, the similar things uh will Nikki will be no doubt having having similar feelings over the uh the next period of time to come and pro- probably has done in the years gone by but uh life has rumbled on west ham have had some football games uh to talk about we will obviously be be sort of giving uh due coverage and and uh, you know due discussion to to Isla's situation over the coming weeks and days and and then beyond you know like we've already said we'll never forget her. Um, West Ham did have a game on Sunday, Jonesy. Um, we, we will discuss all that in a minute, but I think for now we'll just leave this as a as a section um, and just doth our hats to to Isla. Send all our love and uh, yeah, hope the next few days and weeks um, are as comfortable and as fulfilling as they possibly can be. Well, there we go, James. Uh, Hard and emotional start to the show. Uh, obviously, understandably affecting, affecting you, affecting all of us. Uh, having a having a youngster yourself, um, totally understand why that hits home for you, mate. Uh, there was a football game uh, at the weekend. We were endeavour. We were going to uh, keep talking about West Ham. For now, we we had a conversation about it. Um, but you know, it's, it's sad news. And and there's still still time to go and and things to to be positive about, particularly all the the money that people are raising for that cause. Um, Excuse me, Jonesy. There was a football game at the weekend. Uh, Burnley nil, West Ham United nil up at Turf Moor. I had the misfortune of going to that game. one I was particularly (laughs) excited about going into the weekend. Bit of a tradition, as I've mentioned before, of mine and my dad's to do Burnley away. Um, I'm flipping, I'm going to have a word of him, I think next season and ask him, beg him for that tradition to come to an end because that was a, a long, cold, chilly, wet, arduous journey. I mean, the car was quite dry and warm to be fair. I'm just sort of over dramatizing it a little bit. Um, But yeah, five hours in the car either way for nil, nil uh, in freezing cold Burnley where neither team particularly looked like they were going to score. Um, yeah, I mean, should have had a penalty. I, just, I don't know, it was really, I don't know, <laughs> yeah, it was the first time ever for ages, you know. And I love going to away games, it's like the essence of what I love about supporting West Ham. Uh, but I, when I got back, I got up uh, or I left my house at six o'clock in the morning on the Sunday to meet my dad um, at seven and drive up together. And I think I walked back through the door around 11 p.m. Ish. And yeah, and I just, <laughs> it was the first time I got, got out of the car as I got back. And I was like, this could be the beginning of the end for trips of five hours <laughs> plus or whatever. <laughs> like, I know it was a point, but even though, you know, when you draw two all, you feel like you've got something out the game because you're yeah. like, oh yeah, we've scored and we've battled back or whatever. And you feel like you've earned the point. But this one just felt like it was like a consolation prize that you walked away with from that because <laughs> you hadn't contributed. Like, it didn't feel like we'd earned anything. Do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's not one that we'll remember for, for very long, is it? Um, no. I was delighted with the clean sheet. I, 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 yeah, a stat Delighted. I, I, Barely
1: haven't scored for about 700 years. It's
0: only our second clean sheet. In a top-flight game at Turf Moor, in thirty games. Hmm,
1: that's quite impressive. Nice one, Stato. That is quite yeah, impressive. Didn't though. know that.
0: Didn't know that until until I knew it was one before the game. and I thought, oh, I probably won't repeat that, that
1: then, choose. mate. Repeat that. So for before us?
0: the game, we'd kept one clean sheet in thirty top-flight trips to Turf Moor, and that came in a nil-nil draw. I think it was like in the nineteen twenties. I think. <laughs> right um no, i didn't go to that one so yeah no you didn't go to that one no but it's yeah it was almost it's almost 100 years since we kept a clean sheet technically yeah, more yeah. Well, that,
1: in that case i had known that when i was
0: there i'd have been a bit more enthused so, but <laughs> technically you've seen you've almost seen history i've seen in history flesh. in the making yeah first yeah. one in a 100 years
1: I'll give my dad a call. I'm not sh- quite sure how much of a uh, consolation that's going to be to him, but I'll <laughs> give him a buzz to see if he feels any better about it. Well, that Jonesy, I think in my opinion, feel free to correct me if I'm wrong. The biggest talking point of the game was the penalty. Cause I think if that gets given and it goes in, first of all, I would have probably won my charity bet because Lanzini would have taken it and I backed him to score. Um, but first and foremost, I think they would have changed the game up. Burnley offered nothing going forward. And even if if that had gone in, even if they did then start pouring men forward, it would have opened up a bit more space and perhaps made it a bit more easy for us to create something in behind them. Um Or they continue to offer nothing. And we just keep it nice and tight and we walk away having 1-1-0, one, one, nil. All right, nothing pretty, but we've got the three points and we move on.
0: Uh What did you make of the pen? Or the pen that wasn't? Um... It's frustrating given that uh, David Moyes alluded to it afterwards that it was a weekend of really soft penalties throughout the entire Premier League. I mean, mm. Saturday was just littered with really soft penalties. Some of them were penalties. Others were, you know, you wouldn't have been that bubbled if they weren't given. Mm. Um So it did feel a little bit strange that when it comes to our, our opportunity to get a penalty and Dawson is quite clearly tripped up. Mm. Um like VAR, I would look at it and just go, nah, No, decide I'm probably not going to give that one today. And I mean, it, genuinely that's what it felt like. It was like, <laughs> Well, we've given quite a lot of penalties this weekend, so we won't give that. Mm. Um, the I think the argument was that um sure. You know, I mean,
1: that can't be the thought process. The
0: the uh, no that I mean the I think the argument was that he was running, he wasn't in possession of the ball, right. he was kind of running to protect. The ball from I think it was McNeil, wasn't it, or something that, that tripped him, right. um, because he because he, he technically wasn't in possession of the ball at the time, the penalty wasn't given. Right. But then, so why are penalties given when at corners when strikers are dragged? That's
1: so, yeah, that's Stuff rubbish. Like that. well, look, so, Ronaldo wasn't in possession of the ball the other day, and exactly Cairns dragged him exactly.
0: Down. That, well, that's it. So yeah, I mean, I don't I don't really buy that, but it's just a really baffling decision not to... Give it, because there was quite clearly contact. quite. Clearly no, I'm checked.
1: glad you said that, because I thought you were going to so... be like, nah, not really. And I thought, I'm can really not in the mood to argue <laughs> with you, mate. I'm glad you no, disagree, really.
0: Mate, I did... Annoyingly, I was watching it, but I was also looking after Harrison at the time, so I was kind of half watching it. Yeah. So, at the time... Um, I was I was less outraged than I probably would have done had I had my 100% focus at it. Or had you driven 10 hours to be Exactly, there? yeah. So, But <laughs> I kind of saw it, watched it, saw that VAR and I kind of missed it in real time. So I was only looking at the replays and I was like, oh yeah, they'll give that. Got distracted, went back, still, still saw it was nil-nil, checked to see, oh my God, we haven't missed a penalty, have we? Um, realised we hadn't and then obviously caught up and realised that VAR just decided they couldn't be bothered to give it this, um, on the day, so yeah, 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 frustrating. No, no. I mean, I think we. I mean, I think we would have, would have gone on to win. Um, yeah. I don't think Burnley really gave us many problems throughout the game. Yeah, uh, and I can't imagine that would have changed even if we'd have gone one nil up. To be fair. Yeah,
1: yeah, no, I, yeah. I mean, they didn't. The only bit at the end was Jay Rodriguez when he nearly like scuffed it in um, when a ball yeah. came across, and I was like, if that goes in, that is it. That really is it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I suppose point. Point is a point. I mean, we've. I'm sort of trying to take some positives in that. um What's happened before, where we've lost to Wolves, beaten Liverpool, uh, lost to uh, who was it? No, drew. Yeah, drew with Brighton, beaten Chelsea. It's sort of like a little bit of a disappointing result against a smaller team. Is normally then followed by a victory over a bigger one. So, so uh, trouble is yeah. the next
0: game's Norwich. So. Oh, no, it's was Arsenal, isn't it? Of course it is. Yeah,
1: I was going to say, are yeah. you all right? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. sorry. I lose my bearings.
1: They're yeah, thrown you, aren't they? Well, look, I'll be honest, mate. I don't think there's really too much else to say from Burnley. It was a pretty grim game. That was the only major thing of controversy. I'm just going to say, if you want to hear my thoughts on Antonio, see last week's podcast <laughs> or see the week before, because he just lolloped around offering nothing on or off the ball again. And it's the same. It's nothing different from last week, mate. We should have bought another striker. Whether it's psychological feel or not, I don't know. But I'm not going to repeat myself and just bore everyone with the same stuff. I think it's really disappointing. And it's time he pulled his finger out. And there was talk of him getting a new contract in the week, mm. Well it's like earn it, go and earn it now. He was brilliant at the beginning of the season. Everyone knows how much I love him, but now it's affecting the whole team. Like the midfielders just run up. And he's not offering anything anymore. He's not running in behind. He's not making himself available. He's not dragging defenders out of position. to. Even if he's not putting in the net, I don't mind that. But if he's making it possible and easier for the midfielders to do it, fine. I don't care if he scores zero all season. And that happens and we keep scoring and playing well and winning. But it's not, and it's irritating. Um, Declan Rice played pretty well, which is just what he does these days. Yeah, um, had a couple of chances. Nick Pope played all right, but they weren't like... World class saves, those were kind of ones most of them you'd be expected to make. I just thought overall we just looked a bit flat and it was just a bit like, oh, Come on, what's going on? Do you, do you agree?
0: Yeah, it was another one of those games where we could probably still be there now and we wouldn't have scored. Just it was one of those games where we just really struggled in front of goal. I don't think we had any problem creating chances. Yeah, um, it was just that final pass, that final ball that. Um, let us down. Ben Rama had that that post header, which Pope got to and and saved, which, I mean, having seen the replays, it was relatively close to Pope in the end. He did sort of make it look harder than what it was. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. um, Yeah. I mean, Decan Rice had a couple of runs into the box from deep and, and probably should have done better with one or two of them. But he's not a striker, so you can't really blame him for that. And I mean, you're right on Antonio. Just his work rate makes such a massive difference when he's on his when he could, you know, when he's on his game, work rate, work rate wise, it makes such a difference to our attacking threat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He creates space for the likes of Ben Rama, um, the likes of Bowen uh, and stuff like that. So, but Bowen had an off game, I thought, considering the form he's been in. But I think you know he's got enough credit in the bank to warrant a, a, a an average performance, given how well he's been so, how well he's how well he's played all season. Hmm. So yeah, I think it was just an off day from all the attackers, and I thought it was interesting that. Moyers come out after and kind of almost gave a lot of them an ultimatum and said, you know, you've got to wrap your game here because we're not going to stay in this position otherwise. No. Um, and it sounded, from his words, it did sound like sound as if he was ready to maybe ring a few changes. The trouble yeah, is you can't, exactly. change, you can't change Antonio. Um, I mean, he's already done it with Lanzini. Lanzini's come in. He's dropped four now the last couple of Premier League games um, for Lanzini. But but yeah, I mean, I don't know, I don't know what he does to to ring the changes to a point where players start up in their game because there's exactly, not many, the, the depth the depth isn't there, you know. Exactly. Maybe, maybe it, it, it hammers home the, the, the desperation of bringing Lingard back in January just to give a few, yeah, of, give a give maybe. All a bit of a rocket and go right. Lingard's back. I don't know. Yeah, we are definitely the centre forward, that's for sure. Well, look, uh, it's a bit of a different podcast this week,
1: mate. We've both got other commitments. Um and the Arsenal game sort of made time is a little bit awkward as well. But I'd say other commitments just working nights this week is my uh, issue. Um, but Josie, we've I've had a chat earlier on. Uh, so what well, I'm sorry, my point was there. Uh, we're just going to do half of a podcast this week, half a bit later in the week. So you'll get the intro, which we've already done. The Burnley reaction, which you've had there. Uh, an Arsenal opposition view next ahead of Wednesday night's game at the Emirates. And then the Betway bets just for that Arsenal game. And then you'll get another podcast later in the week uh, with a review of the Arsenal game, a look ahead to the Norwich game and another Betway check. Your bets. Hope that's okay. Uh, I've got Dan Cutts, sports news editor from Sun Sport. Join in next. Massive Arsenal fan as well uh, to for the opposition review, ahead of that game at the Emirates on Wednesday night. That's up next. You, you, Lads, the holidays have come early this year as our partners, Manscaped, have the gift that keeps on trimming with a whole host of male grooming products on offer from the Lawnmower 4.0 to their new refined cologne and everything in between. Manscaped have got everything you need to make sure you're looking more Michael Bublé and less Santa Claus this holiday season. And in the spirit of Christmas, you can get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com with the code Are. West Ham. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com with the code West Ham, all one word. Now is the perfect time to get yourself or a loved one the gift of shaving. I am talking about the Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. The Performance Package 4.0 is the best in the business. This hygiene bundle includes the lawnmower 4.0, the weed whacker, a pair of boxer shorts, a travel kit, and liquid formulations.
0: Yeah, for those who don't know, the Lawn 4.0 trimmer is waterproof with advanced skin-safe technology to reduce nicks and cuts. And it even has a light to help with all those little dark spots down below. And then there's the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer with its proprietary skin-safe technology that helps prevent nicks, snags and tugs. Also in the Manscaped Performance Package 4.0 is Crop Preserver, which is a spray that protects against chafing. The Crop Reviver, which will ensure things down there remain fresh at all times. And then there's the Foot Duster, which will make even the ugliest of feet, like mine, look and smell lovely and much, much more. And to top it all off, you even get a shed travel bag so you can carry all your precious Manscaped products in style everywhere you go. So to get your hands on the Manscaped Performance Package 4.0 and to see all the other lovely male grooming products they have on offer ahead of the festive season, head over to manscaped.com today. And remember, get 20% off and free shipping with the code WE ARE WEST That's WE ARE WEST AM, all, all one word. WE ARE WEST It's 20% off free shipping at manscaped.com. So go on, make Slanter proud and submit your place on his nice list this Christmas by joining the Manscaped movement.
1: So, as I've been saying, a little bit of a different format this week because we've got the midweek game against Arsenal Wednesday night. I'm delighted to say that joining me is Sun Sport news editor, all-round good guy uh, and big, big Arsenal fan. It's Dan Cutts. Dan, lovely to see you again, mate. Returning guest on the We Are West Ham podcast. Uh, I think last time, uh, I think you'd forgotten, had had between four to six pints when I said, <laughs> are you ready? To come on the podcast, but you showed up and and you did it and I don't think anyone noticed.
2: No, that's why you've got me on earlier in the day this time, mate, I think, (laughs) to to make sure that I hadn't gone to the phone for gone. But yeah, thanks for having me back on and yeah, happy to be here.
1: Absolute pleasure, mate. Absolute pleasure. West Ham Arsenal is always a big game, always a fixture I look forward to. For a variety of reasons, you like me, no doubt. I've got a few Hammers fans uh, among your friendship circle. Same with me. With Arsenal, of course, uh, but it's got a little bit of added spice this season, not just bragging rights at stake. Some actual Premier League points that mean almost as much to both teams. Arsenal sitting in sixth, just two points behind the hammers in fourth at the moment. Both played 16 games. Uh, You're probably, arguably after a shaky start to the season in better form. They had a little dip, you got all the Aubameyang stuff going on. All in all, we'll get onto that in a bit more detail, but it's the the context of the game. It, it's really shaping up to be a to be a massive, massive game on so many fronts.
2: It should be a great game. Um, yeah, you mentioned form. I'm not quite sure the results of uh, we we've um, we played quite well in a couple of those games. Were absolutely dreadful at Everton last week um and deserves to get beat it was one of the worst performances I've seen from Arsenal in a long long time and uh so I went to Southampton on on Saturday and they they started how they they finished at Everton they were absolutely shocking and actually they were pretty poor throughout Arsenal the the score they they should have won by five or six but that was more the fact that Southampton are really really awful um they didn't play that well at all, Arsenal. Um, So, the league position's good and they're, like you say, they're not far off the top four but it's going to be a tricky little game for them, actually, because, um, yeah, if they start how they started against Southampton and play it as they played at, for the pretty much the 90 minutes against Everton, it's going to be a bit of a struggle against a really, really good West Ham side and I know a lot of my A lot of my Arsenal mates are very, very nervous about about the game on Wednesday because um, it could be uh, like they're they're not that confident at all. And personally, I'm not that confident at all either. Really.
1: Yeah, it's 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 a strange one. It. I mean, I was at the that Arsenal Southampton game for work on the weekend as well, and exactly how you said, mate. Southampton pressed high early on, didn't? With lots of energy, Arsenal looked completely rattled. And if it was Southampton, were a little bit more uh, sharp in front of goal, they mm. could easily have been in one 0 up in that early stages. The goal was a yeah. little bit against a run of play, just a little bit of a yeah. lapse by Southampton when yeah. they were pressing. And you did really well to to undo them. And and it was a nice goal in the end. The second goal, fortune, you know, overhit cross from Tommy yeah. Asu Tierney t- t- goes to shoot and weirdly ends up controlling it. And his cross is blocked, but sits up perfectly for him to head back. Two or three strokes of luck there. And then it, it just seemed to knock the wind out of Southampton completely, didn't it?
2: They did. But they stopped playing. They stopped playing. You, uh,
1: I, I wrote afterwards just how, um, you know, there's a feeling and Mikel Arteta spoke after the game. You know, calling on the Arsenal fans to create like a special night at the Emirates. He was asked. You know, uh, the club are craving like a big, big night under the lights against a London rival. They're craving like a big game like that, a memorable one, almost like a statement win. And it does feel like that at the moment. You you mentioned those results. He so beat Southampton three 0 lost two one at Everton, lost three two at Man United. Two teams, which you know, you would hope to have got something out of those games. Yeah. Beat Newcastle at home two 0 lost uh, away to Liverpool by four that virtually takes you back to being in november it it really will it could be it feels a bit early in the season to make bold statements like this but it really could be sort of quite a season defining game this early on
2: i would say that i would say so will definitely um i'd hundred percent agree with that with the teams that we've we've gone away um the teams around us this season so far um and we actually played quite well at United but um but lost the game. We went um we went away to Liverpool and got absolutely spanked when the when we were playing well the results I think we were ten unbeaten when we went away to Liverpool. Mm. We haven't had that sort of, in my opinion, that real statement win, like you say, that the teams around us to go and prove how actually good... I I don't think anyone at Arsenal knows how good this team is, to be honest with you, because every time we seem seem to be beating the teams lower than us and the teams we should be beating, but every time we we need to go out there and prove how good they actually are, they seem to... Bottles it a bit of a strong word, but they seem to struggle, um, this team. Um, And it would be not from an Arsenal point of view, it'd be really nice if they were to go out and, like you say, put on a performance and get a bit of a statement. When they, The last game I went to that was sort of under the lights and there was a really good atmosphere, actually. It was against Aston Villa a few months ago on a Friday night um, and we beat them 3-1 and they were struggling, but they were still around. They were still seen as our level. They spent a bit of money at that point, obviously, in the summer and um, this was... A, quite a few games before Smith got sacked in the end and it feels like they need another one of those Villa, the atmosphere, get the atmosphere going early doors and um yeah, and put down a bit of a marker for what's going to be a really uh, tricky Christmas period, to be honest with you.
1: Yeah, that's it. We'll, we'll get into the, uh, we'll look ahead and how you think the game's going to go, styles and all that sort of thing in a while. But the big news, of course, uh, literally mm. coming out today So me and, uh, Dan are having a chat uh, at the moment on Tuesday afternoon, uh, just to give you an idea of where the news cycles is at at the moment. So the news come out, obviously, at the weekend. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang was dropped from the squad completely for a disciplinary breach. The understanding is, I believe, that he was permitted to go abroad, uh, returned back late and then missed training on Friday, which has led to him being dropped completely from the squad. On Sunday, stripped of the captaincy. And then, sorry, that's the news obviously today that he's yeah. been stripped of the captaincy permanently. What what did you make of that situation? Sort of first of all, when it all came out, because it's not the first time he's done it, done it. Mm. Um he was dropped for the North London derby, wasn't he, earlier in the year?
2: For it's a been, disciplinary
1: breach as well.
2: Mm, it's been coming it's, well. It's been coming yeah. for a it's been coming for a long time now. Um this isn't obviously behind the scenes at Arsenal. There's there's been a a few murmurings between a lot of staff and playing squad and um surprised that he's kept it as long as he has but um this has been this is sort of the tip of the iceberg really I think they've decided that it's about time. Uh, I think uh, I've seen that he was informed on Monday um by the club him and then and then Arteta told him afterwards that um he would be stripped to the captaincy um, and then obviously, like you say, we're speaking on the Tuesday, he's not, he's recently, on Tuesday afternoon, he's recently done his press conference where he's slightly uh, gone into a bit more detail, but not too much. He want, They want to keep it sort of behind, uh, in-house. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of unhappy people there with that man. Um, but like I say, it's been coming for a while. Um, and to be honest with you, he only really got the captaincy as a sort of a mate wait for him to stay and sign that new contract. Um, that, that's my opinion anyway. I don't think that there was anything up, any other reason. He doesn't personally feel like captain's material. He's one, He's more of a leader of by doing. He's, I mean, yeah. he was, he's a great goal scorer. He's a great player, don't get me wrong. Like, he doesn't suit. Unfortunately, I think it's his time that Arsenal sort of up. His, his, his style doesn't suit this team anymore. Um, But he definitely shouldn't be captain. Um, And the club have seen it that way as well. And um, we'll wait to see who gets made his replacement. Personally, I hope it's Kieran Tierney. I think he epitomizes everything great about, um, well, he's a a fan favourite first and foremost, but he is a solid seven, eight out of ten every game. Yeah, um, he's British. He's got leadership skills. He's got everything you want in a captain. And um, yeah, he's my pick to be uh, to be taking over the captain's armband.
1: I totally agree. Uh, I, I I couldn't think of anyone else to be honest. Uh, you know, I've heard a few people shouting Ramsdale, and I, I understand where that's come from. He's played eight games. He, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. He's playing so well, but and he's so early into it. Yeah. I think whacking that on top of him as well. You've got to give him at least a season of cement yeah. in his place. And so that this time next year, there's no doubt. You've just got to let him focus on his football at For the moment, sure. have you? I mean, you saw, him
2: on, you saw him on Saturday, Will. Um, some of the saves he made again. Um, I gave him like, man of the
1: match, yeah.
2: He, I don't think there's a better goalkeeper in form, goalkeeper in the league at the minute than him. Um, consistently every game make, making top class saves and like... <laughs> Like you say, um, Sam just started really well on Saturday and he sort of kept us in it, really. He did, uh, definitely. To start with. Uh, but like you say, he's eight games in. He's someone... I'm, I'm not a big fan of goalkeepers being captains anyway, personally. But mm. um, he's he's if they were to do it, he's won in a few years down the line because um, he's not going to go anywhere by the looks of things, especially on his current form. Um, but I think Tierney's the one.
1: Yeah, I, I, I mean, there's been a sort of bit of a leadership crisis on the pitch, certainly at Arsenal, for a while. It almost seems a bit of a poison chalice. It was Xhaka crumbled under the weight of it, didn't he? Yeah. Um, and got booed off the by same... his own fans. <laughs> <Yeah. didn't he? laughs> yeah, I was at that game as well. Yeah, it was yeah, yeah. fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, just uh, it just seems an odd one. But um, is there is that the talk at the moment that Tierney is the only place he can really go?
2: There's a couple of names um, from what I've been hearing. Um, a couple of surprising ones. Um, Satine is the main one. Um, Odegaard's actually been mentioned um, as well. I think he's Norway captain.
0: Oh. Um,
2: so he he's young, but he's he's got that sort of he he's got that experience at international level. Yeah. Um, and then there's been a few other. There's a, an old one that's been mentioned is Lacazette. Which um, I think would be more for the experience, but wouldn't go down well with the fan base too well. Seeing as how he's pretty set, much set to leave at the end of the season when his contract runs out, so who that makes sure it up a little bit there. there. Sorry, I said um, Lacazette's one that has oh, been right, mentioned, yeah. but he's meant to leave. He's uh, looks like he's set to leave at the end of the season. So from a long term point of view, that would be a bit of a bad choice. Um, but there's a few names, but I think Tierney's the the sort of favourite, big favourite to take over now.
1: I mean, you have to be, first and foremost, I think, you have to be a guaranteed starter, don't you? We've got Declan Rice as our vice-captain, but because Noble, the club captain, is not playing at all, he's captain every week. And Tierney, if you look at your team... Such has been the sort of erratic nature of yeah, form and yeah. stuff this season. The teen is the only one who you say, yeah, he's guaranteed to play the next fifteen games if he's fit, isn't he? Everyone else is kind of, and and the keeper, but everyone else kind of can be chopped and changed. But um, yeah, when when are you expecting an announcement on that?
2: I don't know whether I don't think necessarily who. Be- is captain for the game against West Ham will be the long-term captain. I think they might have a little bit more of a think about it. I'd be surprised yeah. if that was the case. Anyway, I think they might go a bit short-term. So Lacazette, yeah, he skipped I'm it, the sure other it Was night, Lacazette didn't he? captain Saturday, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah he so was. I think yeah. they might go Lacazette again on Saturday, on Wednesday for West Ham, and then go from there and see what the future holds in as the sort of the weeks go on
1: yeah yeah so one last one then on Aubameyang would you sort of do you expect him to be here or in at Arsenal at the end of January obviously he's got that huge contract and from a personal yeah. point of view what was your what would you like to see happen with him
2: who's going to take him well he's on 350,000 pound a week uh yeah, in exactly. January there's not a chance in my opinion that anyone wants to take that wage on in January especially in the midst of a, a pandemic and we we don't know what football's going to be like again in we could go i mean you've seen the news yourself Will. we could go back behind closed doors in within the next few weeks again and the revenue streams go down again and i i just can't see anyone taking 350 grand a week off our off our hands in january for a 32 year old yeah exactly I mean, yeah. He's, he's not young either is he uh yeah. You don't want to get yourselves in an erzl situation, though, where you've got a man on huge wages sitting on the bench and
1: yeah. it's
2: a massive distraction. But it looks like they've got themselves in another one, Arsenal. <laughs> it's only 14 months
1: away. ago he signed the deal, isn't it? 13, 14 <laughs> or 15 months, yeah, September yeah, 2020. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah,
2: exactly. But yeah, I, I would be very surprised if he goes in January, but they'll definitely try and uh, they'll find try and find someone for him. Um, and then um, I think Stryker will be there. Their number one target uh next summer.
1: Yeah, fair enough, mate. Fair enough. Well look, looking ahead to the game then, big one at uh the Emirates on Wednesday. Me and you are going together, uh a little uh, just, uh both both completely nervous that yeah. the Avons team's gonna win. So we have to find an excuse to leave immediately after yeah, the game guess, when we're yeah. supposed to be having a social. Um, what how do you see it sort of style-wise playing out before we get into score predictions and all that? What how do you see the game? going sort of styles from Arsenal's side and then West Ham's, of course?
2: Well, it's to, yeah, as we spoke about, it's going to be a really tricky game for Arsenal. Um, I mean, West Ham against big sides this year have been unbelievable. Um, I thought they were absolutely excellent against Liverpool, unbelievable against Chelsea. Um, I know these are home games, but still, um, it's, it's the style still there. You, you, you. you I, well, you'll know better than me, but it feels like you'll try and play that exact same way,
0: whether mm. you're at
2: home or away, um, and it and it's uh, it suits that team perfectly. Um, you've got the best midfielder in the league um, at the minute, in my eyes. I don't think there's any question about that. Um, I think Arsenal might struggle. Um, I think they might try and start fast, and then West Ham get into it and dominate the first the last 20 minutes of the first half, and it's how Arsenal uh, Arsenal deal with that. Um, the, they're not great. They're not great. Um, you saw it yourself against Southampton. When the when the press came on, um, they weren't great, but they kept trying and they kept trying. And the first goal was actually unbelievably put together once they got round that press. But this was Southampton. West Ham are a totally different kettle of fish now. You're talking mm. about one of the best teams in the league now. Um, I never thought I'd put those words in. I'm so glad this is recorded. You never thought <laughs> you'd hear those words, did you? But um, I'm going to send
1: you that video clip every single morning for the rest of our yeah. lives.
2: <laughs> but you're, but you are, and uh, I think Arsenal might struggle, um, um, especially, especially if Rice starts dominating and dictating the speed of the game, which he does so well, because um, as you know, he he can if he wants to slow it down, he will. And if he wants to quicken it up, he will. And I'm not sure, I'm not sure party and Jacker are going to be able to handle, handle him in midfield, but we'll see. Um So yeah, I'm, I think it's going to be a, a tricky, tricky night for Arsenal, a very tricky night.
1: Yeah. I, th- I mean, I went up to Burnley on Sunday, uh, mate, experience. I don't want to talk about ever again, <laughs> but um yeah. yeah. And, yeah, nil nil, and it was one of those really. I think we should have had a penalty, to be honest. Um, and then we had a couple of like half chances. Nick Pope did okay; he made some decent saves. But yeah. it was just one of those games where it was if we were going to win, it was always going to be a grim nil, uh, one nil.
2: Yeah. And then yeah. you're just
1: happy you you just got to find it somewhere. We weren't able to. Um, however, like you say, against the big teams, I think we we struggle against the smaller teams because we don't care about having the ball. We're quite happy to have. Less mm. possession. We beat uh, Man United at Old Trafford earlier in the season in the cup, and I think we had 39% possession or something like that for the whole game. We're happy yeah. to do that. Um, so That's playing against a team that asked like yeah, exactly. That's what worries us.
2: me is because because of the way that Arteta likes to play, which is very uh, dominant in possession. Um, I, I, and it's the it's total opposite of the way that you want to play you're yeah. quite like you say you're quite happy to play without the ball i fear that that might play into west ham's hands uh trail.
1: i i did the thing is what, what i think is going to be in i honestly mate think it's going to be about four all <laughs> I, I just we've got we've got uh craig dawson and Issa Diop, up which are our b team center backs at the back they played fine on Sunday, but it's going to be a different kettle of fish against Arsenal. Arthur Masuaku, <laughs> it doesn't sound like from Moyes' comments this morning that Cresswell's going to be back with the back injury he mm. suffered away at Manchester City, which means Arthur Masuaku at left back, which is not a strong defence Up against Saka, I don't like those odds at all. Didn't you just um, beat
2: Chelsea with this back four, though? Uh,
1: yes, it was a bit more of a, a defensive five. It, well, he might even go five. Yeah, That's yeah. the interesting thing. But we haven't got any... Uh, we had Zuma for that, oh, and right. he's yeah, he yeah. got injured in that yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. And in fact, we started with a five. Zuma went off, and then we switched to a four. And that was when we came into the game and went and won it. So we we haven't got enough defenders to play five. So it'll be four mm. at the back with Masuaka at left back, which is just very, very scary indeed. But then, as we've seen this season, Arsenal at the back have got a rick in them. The reason Ramsell's so good... Is because he's had to face so many shots, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. That's why he's looking so yeah. good at the moment. Well, Anyone who plays FPL know that he, he makes absolutely tons of saves every game. So he gets loads of bonus points. That's because his defence and midfield are, are leaking opportunities all the time, isn't it?
2: hundred percent, mate. Like you say, um, I'd like to see the block shot stats this season <laughs> <laughs> from Arsenal. 'Cause I don't think one of those centre half have got their way in, in front of a ball all season, it feels like anyway. But um yeah, he uh he there's a like you say, there's a reason why he's uh, he's been so good this season and it's but just because we we do leak chances. Uh and like you say, well, I hope it I hope from a neutral perspective it is a is a for all. But um I hope for my heart's sake and my uh because I imagine we'll both be having a heart attack if it is for all the <laughs> 90 <afternoon. laughs> um, But yeah, uh, it, it's going to hope. It sounds like um, you're not particularly confident in your back four at the minute either. So it could be quite open in that case.
1: I think the key battles are gonna be that Saka Masuaku, and I don't that's not gonna be a battle. I think that should be a key area of the pitch, which Arsenal will understandably be target, because why yeah. would you not? If you're going against Masuaku or Kufao, it's a no-brainer. Yeah. Uh, and I think it comes down to if Antonio can pull his finger out, he's done absolutely nothing the past I think it's nine games without a goal now. Really? Uh, again, yeah, just yeah. lolloping around at Burnley on the weekend. David Moyes coming out and saying you can see signs it's starting to click again he's got to say that because we haven't got any other strikers. So Antonio will play again. And if he just drags himself around, Arsenal away is not a game where you can carry someone like that. We need his, even if it's not what he does on the ball, we need his runs and dragging Mm. defenders about to open it up for Ben Rama, nails, and Bowen behind. Um, So yeah, they're the the sort of key areas I think, which is going to affect the game. I'll be honest, mate, I don't know about you before we do predictions. If you offer me another nil-nil, Mainly because I haven't had to drive 10 hours there and back <laughs> to watch it. Uh, a yeah. little 45 minutes on the train on Wednesday night <laughs> uh, to meet up with you is going to be far more bearable than it was Sunday. It but I would take a nil-nil again now, really.
2: I'd uh, I'd take a nil-nil. I'd take yeah. a nil-nil, for sure. Absolutely. I think mean, that's a good point for both teams, personally, but... I think if one of the one of the other was to go away and nick it, I think that takes you into Christmas the Christmas period with an absolutely huge boost, um, and the other team, um, huge deflation really. Uh, mm. Arsenal have got a lot of fixtures coming up and a lot of tough fixtures as well. have got City on New Year's Day as well at home. She um, wouldn't anticipate much out of. Got Wolves at home, I think. Um, I, uh, in that period, who are playing really well at the minute, were unlucky not to take something away from City on Saturday. Um, so yeah, there's a tricky period coming up, and they need they, this is this is a period now where they need to get a little run going to take them into the Christmas Christmas period and New Year period and in, into January. Um, and I imagine West Ham feel the same way, especially um, obviously after a bit of a disappointing result away uh, on. On Sunday, was it for you? Yeah, yeah. Um, Sunday, yeah. I think, I think, uh, if you can come away with three points, it would take you into that, uh, into that period, with full of confidence. But, but I take a point. I take a
1: point. Yeah, yeah. I totally agree, mate. I totally agree. Well, look, I'm looking forward to uh, meeting you at Highbury in and Islington uh, beforehand. Whether I'll enjoy the actual game quite as much as the uh, the pre hopefully uh, not <laughs> kick off a pair of teeth. So I don't know, but um cutsy thanks for coming on the show again. No, it's okay. brilliant to have you back. No, uh, Just problem. give us a score prediction. Uh, two all. Two all. Oh, yeah. Okay. I like the sound of that. Yeah. I'm I'm going to go three all as well. I think um definitely going to go goals, goals, goals in my charity bets, which uh, you'll hear from next, but yeah, I like the sound of it. exciting times So make for both teams. Uh, sort of looking up on the whole, uh, I will see you. Tomorrow. Thanks for coming Let's on the board. We Are West Ham podcast again. Stay with us because it's Betway Charity Bets next. <laughs> so, Jonesy, uh, we've mentioned already, uh, we've obviously raising, been raising money for Eyeless Fire and Dylan Tombidi's Foundation and the Bobby Moore Fund this year
0: through the Betway Charity Bets. Can I have your Betway bet for Arsenal, please? So, I've gone for draw, don't win often at the Emirates. So I'm, I'm backing us to get a point at least. Both teams score. I'm yeah. to score and both into two or more shots on target. Yeah,
1: fair enough. Uh, Reese has gone for uh, West Ham over 6.5 corners. Suchek anytime and over four and a half goals, which is 60 to one. Yours is 12 to one, James. Uh, and I have gone for more than five and a half goals, uh, more than seven and a half corners, and Declan Rice at least one shot on target. Now, more, I just fancy it's going to be goals. More than five Honestly, goals. Saka against Masuaku. Yeah. Yeah. Saka against Masuaku. Um, and then our two centre backs in the middle. I that at Arsenal of the weekend. They look good going forward. Week at the back. If we can turn it on, we can bang a few as well. So it's only 18 to one that. But a reminder you can back these for real on the Betway website and at just go to pre built bets for the West Ham Arsenal game. Scroll down for the We Are West Ham podcast uh, and you'll find our names there. That's all. For this week, just a reminder that, uh, yeah, we're just doing two mini-podcasts this week, either side of the Arsenal game. Uh, so, you'll hear from us again, probably Thursday night slash Friday morning with some Arsenal reaction. Look ahead to Norwich and some more, Betway. Thanks for joining us. Just a reminder, everyone. West Ham are still massive. Uh, and we'll see you in about three days.
2: Hi, this is
0: Tony Cotty, and you're listening to the We Are West End podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network.